Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. Welcome to Couch in the Roof. Graham Couch here. Welcome to Couch in the Roof. Welcome to Couch in the Roof. Graham Couch here. It's no Jason Nick, no the Rube today. Sorry for the choppy beginning there. That's all on me. Couch in the Roof presented by SkyMint Premium Cannabis, inspiring people to do better, love better, look better every damn day of their lives. And our Wednesday night show brought to you today by Front 43 and Cask and Company. If you're looking for a place to watch the games this weekend, Front 43 and Cask and Company is the best sports bar experience uh, that I've ever I've ever dealt with. Um, as I mentioned, no Rube tonight. Usually we cancel the show when there's no Rube uh, or one of us because we found out we kind of suck without the other. Um, but wanted to do the show tonight just because I've got Sean Windsor on. We're going to have a 20-minute conversation about uh, Michigan State hoops, and I think people want to hear that. We've got Harry on. We're going to pick the games for this weekend, so we're going to do that. Uh, Jason is not uh, feeling great today, so he he is out. I've got Rob running the board and uh, producing the show, and appreciate Rob doing that. And uh, so we're going to get right into it uh, momentarily here with, uh, with Sean. Um, first, the one thing I wanted to get into before we do that is – the situation with Dane Fife that I think a lot of people have seen at uh, Indiana being let go today by Mike Woodson. And, um, you know, to me, I don't know everything that went on behind the scenes. I've heard that they didn't, weren't a great mix. They're opposite personalities. I know Dane Fife went down there thinking it was, I don't want to say a reset of his career, but it was a chance to go somewhere where he could maybe be the coach in waiting. And that has not, uh, is obviously not materialized. And I think, the one thing I didn't like today was the initial statement by Woodson. Uh, I thought it was a little, it may be truthful, but a little harsh. I think if I was somebody's boss, I would try to make it sound like more of a mutual parting that, you know, and whatever. It just set somebody up a little bit better for their next move. 
Didn't love that. But again, I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. Dane Fife will get another job. Uh, he's somebody who's who's fairly well thought of. Um, he's somebody who, especially in Indiana, I already hear people saying, oh, he should get the Butler gig if that comes open. Those sort of things. So I, I think um, I think Dane Fife will will be okay. This just isn't the dream. And he's not coming back to Michigan State. They don't have an opening. I, I think, you know, that that parting ways the way they did, it wasn't not amicable, but he left for a Big Ten rival, and, and there's no job opening. I, I, and I don't think that's the direction Tom Izzo would go if he had an opening. So uh, that's not going to happen. Whether he winds up at a place like Butler, he winds up in an assistant somewhere else, whether he takes a mid-major job somewhere, all that stuff will be figured out uh, in the in the near um, short term. Um, we are going to have uh, Sean Windsor with us here a- in a second, and I'm looking forward to talking to Sean. Sean was down with me in uh, South Carolina the whole time. Well, not the whole time. I guess he covered the Michigan game and then flew in. Then he was there the whole time, and he's somebody we always have a lot of conversations, deep conversations with about uh, Michigan State basketball, about hoops in general. Uh, we both fancy ourselves to be better uh, basketball players than than we actually are, basketball minds, I should say. And uh, so very uh, very glad now to have the great Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press on with us. Sean, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad. I'm not sure you know you should ever use the word my, uh, great and my name together in the same sentence, but uh, but thank you. Uh, we, we are two guys who, who fancy us ourselves to be better basketball minds than we are, and I think that's that's fair to say, right? Uh, you know, I, I know my limitations. I, I can't speak for you. I don't know my but, limitations. Uh, no, but I like that you. You know, think you can shoot from thirty-five feet. I do. I do. Yeah. No. If I, I've always said if I played for Tom Izzo and I took a twenty-eight foot jump shot and he yelled at me, I would realize he was not a good coach because that's okay. a strength. You know what I mean? Like you got to understand yeah. who your what your personnel can do. If he wanted yeah, well, me to yeah. off offensive rebound, he would not be a good coach because that's not something I do well. No, you, you you don't want to box out. That's uh, that's the work of uh, you know the plebes, right? You, right. Don't, you don't want to do that, right. right? Short arms and all that, all that jazz. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. But you have confidence, right? And swag, which right. is actually what I wrote about for tomorrow in Michigan. <laughs> so I want to ask you about both both teams and both programs. We we spent the um, the weekend down in South Carolina uh, watching Michigan State, and you wrote a, a column as, as I did about sort of how close this team is and where this team is and where this program is, and that's what I want to get into here first. Like, there's obviously, from a talent perspective, there's a little bit that needs to be added, especially on the interior. But when you look at what this team became and who they evolved into at the um, at the end of the season, how they played against Purdue, how they played against Davidson, how they played against Duke, it feels like there are a lot of parts on that team, young parts, that aren't very far away. Do you feel the same way? I, I do, and I think uh, there's a lot of what's the what's the phrase? I, I hate to say hand wringing, but there's some uh, maybe skepticism, maybe uh, concern. How about that, Graham? Yeah, within at least part of the fan base, right? Of of where this program is headed, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this um, the last few days. You know, I mean, it's 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 part of what we do, and I think there's there are really three things going on here, and you and I have talked about I think all three things, and let's see if I can remember them. Uh, you know, and not mess up your show here. <laughs> but but I think what's going on, if we take the long, let's start with the long view. I really believe that had Izzo, had Tom Izzo won in 2014, when I feel like that was the one year out of the last 
17 or 18 years where he had the best team right. in college basketball. He didn't need a path that year. That team could create the path if they had been right, I think. That's right. That's yeah. right. So so that was a that was a missed opportunity. He gets his second title. Everything else from there is just gravy. So that changes all of this perspective a little bit, right? Um, two, then, the last, this year and last year are arguably, I mean, I, you hate to, I don't want to be too, too critical of, uh, the, to me, they're still college players, right? But what's, what's, the, what's the word you would use to describe these, these two teams these last two years? I mean, a little better than average? Yeah. Solid, I mean, yeah, solid. They, yeah they, I mean, they were, they were lacking some things. They were, and, and I would argue that, and I think you would agree, he hasn't had back-to-back years like this. In a long, long time. Certainly, yeah. No, you, might, you, you might even go back before the the run of his initial Final Four runs when he won the title. Yeah, you certainly probably go, you know, maybe the oh six oh seven range of time. But yes, something or, like yep, that. Yep, yep. Either that or pre pre Final Four. Yep. So I think that is part of the equation here, because it feels uh, it's not that it feels new because he's had it before. It just it does feel. Um, different because it's been so long and i think a lot of, of fans and people who love this program have forgotten what that feels like so those are the two things you consider uh add a little perspective to where we're at right now and then the third thing is what you just said i think some folks are struggling seeing a path forward because they're 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 not counting they're not thinking about the development they're worried about the front line you know the, the big man in the transfer portal and so you add up those three things and it's a state of anxiety, right, that I don't think folks have felt for a while. Although I would point, quickly point out, Graham, the year they lost to Syracuse and also lost Jaron Jackson and Miles Bridges to the NBA draft, the lottery, I think there were some folks saying, okay, what now, right? I think, I think it goes even better. I, I think the most anxiety I've felt since I've been covering the team from the fan base was that 2013-14 season when they had that great team. That was when they were missing out on Jaleel Okafor and all those guys, uh, you know, Tyus Jones, Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker. And there was a sense of, and they were landing the Tum Tum Nairns and uh, the Alvin Ellis's and the Gavin Schillings. There was a sense of, it has to happen now or it'll never happen. And then a couple of years later, they had the, the, the group with, you know, with Miles and those guys. But so, but yeah, I, I know what you mean in, in terms of, in terms of that, that anxiety. Right. They, those, those two guys leave and you're thinking, okay, what now? Well, they go to the final four the very next year. Yeah. The great Matt Charbonneau, and I think we can say great in his name in the same sentence. Absolutely. Covers, covers the Spartans for Michigan State. He certainly has a great gait. Like, if you've ever seen Matt Charbonneau walk, it's, it's the does. most obvious walk you've ever seen. He does. He yeah. kind of from side to side. Yeah. And, uh, a little bit of swag. It's. Reminds me a little bit of uh, Ike Brzezikas, who I actually was writing about <laughs> in my uh, column about Michigan tomorrow, because uh, about swag, which we can talk about in a minute. But um, but but Matt was also talking about the the, the in, his inbox and his social media accounts, and just being full of folks worried. And then they make that Final Four run, and you could argue had the team to uh, to make another the next year, and then COVID shut that down. You know, maybe they get upset, right? The tournament is random that way, but. Um, but you consider all those things, and it's it's this state of anxiety is is pretty understandable. I to your original question, I think they've got three or four pieces on a perimeter that could be as good as anybody in a Big Ten and probably rival most teams next year, right? And they're going to have experience. They're not going to be freshmen. I mean, Hogard, AJ Hogard is going to be a junior. Yeah, Max Max Christie, assuming he's back, is going to be a, a sophomore. Tyson Walker will be in his second year in the 
in the program. Um, and Jake Nakins will yep. be a sophomore, right? And I, and I think what what I think what happened with Tyson Walker this year, while it looks almost like oh wait a second now they've got two guys, what's going to be his role? I, I think it'll turn out to be a blessing because you're essentially they've discovered they can play those two guys together. So they've got a, a really quality backup point guard, and they've got a guy for ten minutes a game you can play alongside Hogard. And and what that and, and the number of types of matchups and issues you can create for other teams. And keep in mind that the two and the three, the way Michigan State uses them, are pretty much the same. So you're, you're looking at you know Max Christie can play along as long as he puts on the the strength can play sort of where Gabe Brown did more at the, at, at the three spot and where he did a lot of time anyway. You can play a lot of different combinations of guys. I think the backcourt has a chance if it develops as it could um, to be elite in college basketball. I completely agree. And then you throw, and by the way, and to me, the, the two keys are, and I assume you'll agree with this because, you know, you're a basketball guy, but uh, the two keys are obviously Christie. You mentioned Christie and then Hogarth. Like how good can he become? Because he had stretches of ball late in the season, you know, and maybe never for a whole game. Sometimes it's a half and he's struggling and he sits and he comes back like he did against Duke. Um, you know, Purdue, that second half was just almost revelatory. But if he, if he's going to be stringing most, uh, you know, whole games or almost whole games where he's the, the, the baddest cat on the floor, which is what he showed, at, along with Christie becoming who you think he, you know, a lottery pick, which is the kind of talent he's got in him, then the other guys, even just Walker and Aikens taking a smaller step, and uh, yeah, look out! And now, obviously, you got to get some, you know, the size, the front court. I think Malik Hall needs to uh, find himself, loosen up, find that confidence. You know, right? The dog, totally. so to speak, to use, to use that cliche. That would that would be a bonus, right? And then they need they need they need to find a rim protector. They need to find somebody who's who's, you know, and that's that's easier said than done. I mean, you know, that's the one thing you don't want to have. You don't want to have all the pieces in a program for a year. That could be special, and then be, be missing one component that holds you back, and that's what they're going to have to make sure they don't they don't do. Right. It was just like when you and I were at the Michigan State Alabama game, the playoff, and the semis, and Michigan State had the linemen on both sides, they had NFL guys on both offensive and defensive lines, they had the quarterback, they had a couple of receivers, but they didn't have the defensive backs that year, right? Yeah. Whereas the year before, a couple of years before, when they won a Rose Bowl, they had you know a couple of first rounders or high picks. On the edges out there defensively, so and I know it's harder in football, especially at a place like Michigan State, right? To get everything in one season, but it reminds you of that a little bit. Sometimes you have elite, elite here in this part, and if you don't have at least solid in the other part, then uh, yeah, you, you can't get over. You, you can't make those last couple of steps. AJ Hogard, we, we've talked a lot about what he can be, and. It's interesting. His his whole journey this year was fascinating to me because he was a guy that at the beginning of the year I thought he was going to be a backup to Tyson Walker, and and then by late January you're going, oh wait a second, maybe I've got these two guys in reverse. And then it's like not only could he be the starter, this guy could be the headliner and the, and, the, and the front man for this team. When did you start to realize that? Wait a second, this guy this guy could be something. That's a good question. Like, what game or just what what stretch of games? Yeah, because because um, it, 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 it it sort of. I mean, it, it wasn't. You know, you'd have a good game here and there, and you go, "That's pretty good." But then he, you know, he showed some real inconsistency. He struggled to take care of them at times. And then you looked at his numbers over time, and you went, "Wait a second, his assist to turnover ratio is actually pretty good." He gets sick, and 
and the team is awful without him for a couple of games against Michigan and Ohio State, and you start to realize they need him. And then you just watch him play a pretty good competition, Butler and 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 especially against Duke, and they couldn't keep him out of the lane. There's nothing. I mean, you all of a sudden you re- and here's a guy who can't even shoot, and they still can't keep him out of the lane. Like I think I could keep AJ Hogarth out of the lane because I just dare him to shoot. But other teams still struggle to do it, and, and you start to realize this guy could be special. Well, uh, to to be perfectly honest with you, I felt like he showed a little bit of this a year ago, where he would make plays. And just speaking of that speed, that that combination of speed, it's not it's not Jade Nakins maybe speed, but he's plenty quick enough, right? So the combination of that with that strength and his his handle, man, he has got a really really good handle, and then he's got vision. And so he would do a few things here and there a year ago where you would think, okay, there's some stuff in there. And you could see that, and you could see that, you know, you didn't know if it was all going to come this year. Probably not. I I remember thinking, you know, three, four-year guy. But, yeah, I I would say the last month of the season, he showed showed it for longer stretches, and then he had had games where he just – it's almost crazy to say where he was at times the best player on the floor and their clear-cut leader. And to me, that's what needs to to happen with him. He needs to take ownership of the team, maybe he and Christy, and um and don't and not look back. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. And and, and look, I, I think I always thought this was a two year group, and so next year is that second year, and it's the the pressure will be different, the expectations will be different. Um, but I you know and and I think the fact that they got the most they could out of this team at the end, or at least they were the best versions of themselves at the end, um, I think is is a pretty um good way to to. At least feel okay about things heading into next year. I mean, you can you can say, well, there's some seniors that they may miss to some degree, but I, other than Marcus Bingham, if they don't have another big, I don't, I don't, I do not think they will actually. And I think Joey Hauser played some fantastic ball, but I do not think they will will miss these guys. I think Malik Hall needs to be a guy who plays 30 minutes and is the starter and isn't splitting time. I think he that will help him. I think. Other guys coming up, Pierre Brooks, Aikens, these guys, they, they need Gabe Brown out of the way is, is the same way Gabe Brown needed people out of the way for him. That's just sort of the natural progression of hoops. Let, let's talk some Michigan. Are you Where are you now? Are you in, in Texas yet? When when I am. I'm in San Antonio. I was at the press conferences today. and Just, just real quickly, I just wanted to add, you, you're speaking of Hauser. He did play great down the stretch. And would you make the trade? Like if Hall were the one that could go and Hauser could stay? I mean, you wouldn't. You wouldn't mind that, right? If you were going to get the version of the of player we saw the last few games who wasn't hesitating when he was shooting, who was showing some physicality and defense, I mean, the lateral quickness is an issue against certain matchups. But but that's what they need, right? It, it, it doesn't obviously have to be Hauser, but that's that kind of confidence is what they need. I agree. Like I think it would be a great if, – if there were anything I were to, to, to do, like a formal debate, like in a debate club, between you could do an argument for either side. Of that, because there were things Malik Hall was for a lot of this year, where he was shooting over fifty percent for three. He was a guy that, in certain times, was a go-to player. He was a guy who could create a little bit. You can see some upside, but not just the way Hauser shot at the end. There, there are things that the outlet pass Hauser throws to Gabe Brown. Like Malik, we haven't seen Malik Hall throw that pass. We haven't seen anybody else on the team throw that pass. Outlet passes. Draymond Green used to talk about that all the time. How important outlet passes were. Uh, there are lots of little things if you just watch Hauser play and the way the ball moves and other things that he does that that you're you're going to miss and not even realize you miss a little bit. 
um, and the way he was playing at the end. So you can argue either way. I do think Malik Hall, if he can get out of his head a little bit and and you know live in a confident place, has some gifts that 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 Hauser doesn't have. I agree. And 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 so you, you just got to try to get the most out of that, I guess. And and no, and, I, I completely agree. And it's interesting. And this is a, a good transition to you asking about Michigan. Both those guys, right, would just struggle to get out of their own way at various times. Yeah. And uh, as the season went on, it got tougher for Hall, and as the season went on, it got a little easier for Hauser, especially toward the end. That is not something that uh, Michigan has generally struggled with. In fact, I was kind of thinking about this because I wrote about, I wrote a little about their their run of uh, what the last five appearances in the tournament they've made at least the Sweet Sixteen. And if you go back the last ten years, if they make if they win a couple of games here, they'll have one more Final Four than Michigan. And you start thinking about okay, well, what does that mean? They've 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 had deeper runs, and they will have had one more Final Four plus the two previous Final Fours they got to the title game. On the other hand, the regular season and the Big Ten Conference, Michigan State has the nod the last decade. They've got four of each to uh, I want to say three for Michigan conference titles and two tournament titles. Right, so so the tournament's a little bit more. The NCAA tournament's more memorable. Those wins and runs are more memorable. So Michigan fans are probably riding a little bit higher right now. And plus, they're the only Big Ten. I don't know if you saw this, or the only Big Ten school that's ever gone to five straight Sweet Sixteen, which is pretty amazing. It is, and I think only one of like five or six schools, period, to ever do it. And what's and what's interesting, and I think part of the problem for for, for MSU fans right now is that just everything gets measured against Michigan. That's right. And That's so right. You, you feel, I mean, like when you look around, I mean, Jay Wright, you know, I wrote this in, in the column that, that I did off the game. Jay Wright, granted, the two times he made it out of the first weekend were both national championships. And again, when you talk about Izzo, if he gets it in 14, nobody's talking about anything else here. Nobody, but there, he went eight of ten years not getting out of the first weekend. Bill Self went four of the last seven with teams that were seeded to get deep into the tournament not getting out of the first weekend it happens to a lot of people but, but when your rival is doing it um it, it it sort of stings and it makes you look at your own situation and i and i, I know look I, i've said this about michigan michigan state basketball football is a little different animal but i don't really get how either side could ever make a point and make fun of the other like they've been so equal over a decade both head to head and in in many of their accomplishments and in the types of teams they had that had a chance, I just don't think there's. I mean, what, what do you you know? There's not really a way to one up the other, other than you're right. Michigan has uh, of late had more uh, deeper uh, tournament runs, and um, you could also say about this Michigan team that, I mean, I, you know, the idea that people doubted them. Well, you know, that's because they underachieved for a lot of the year, and now have sort of found something um, that they've. Uh, I mean, they look really good now. I think they got a, they got an okay shot. I, I really, I really do believe that. Do you think they have a shot to get to win two more? I do. I mean, Villanova is going to be really tough. Yeah, uh, they, they shoot the ball better than Tennessee. I don't know if they're, they don't have anybody like Kennedy Chandler, the, the Tennessee's point guard, but uh, but they got but they got guys that can shoot uh, from at almost every position, and and you know Villanova is always tough to play, right? And they've got a steady point guard who's who's a leader, and, and they we'll, do, yeah. and they're and they're veterans, right? Yep. And um, and 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 Wright is as as good a coach as, as uh, there is in the business right now. So, 
And then they'd be looking at Houston, Arizona. Arizona beat them by 20, I want to say back in December, maybe out in Las Vegas at a tournament. Uh, I would argue that's a very different Michigan team, right? They were young, right? I mean, that was the part of the reason people expected is because of the recruits that Juwan Howard brought in. And, and we, you know, Michigan State fans certainly understand that, right? They watch Max Christie. It's, it's a struggle sometimes. And, um, Christie was probably expected to do a little bit more in some ways than Caleb Houston, who he gets compared to a lot, the forward that, uh, Howard brought in, the, the McDonald's guy. So, so I, I do, I do think they have a chance, you know, and boy, if they do win two more and get to this third final four, then, you know, just in terms of talking and the rivalry and oh. all that, that's going to be painful a little bit, right? Yeah. Without without question, no. I think Michigan State is fully invested in Villanova right now. Michigan State fans. I, I, I would completely agree. And yeah. then real quickly, Graham, I was I was trying to piece together. Okay, what's the common denominator? Uh, you know, as much as you can. I mean, every team is different in these last five Michigan teams that have all gotten to the second weekend. Um, uh, one of them, I think, uh, got to the Final Four. Right, and uh, oh well, they've lost to Villanova in the title game. So what was that, 18 maybe? I'm yeah, trying to remember, yeah. was that four years ago? In any case, th- th- there's there's something, it, it's funny because Beeline and Howard are such different coaches, and some of these players have overlapped, but every one of those teams have had a guy that plays with with an with a outsized confidence and, yeah. like a, and a kind of a swag and carries himself, and that belief then gets – infused into the team and there's a looseness about the way they've they've gotten to they've gone on these runs right now sometimes you could say they're they're matchups and they've had a few breaks in the bracket and that's true but you know that that's true of a lot of teams and anyway the first two teams had mo wagner who who wasn't afraid to talk and trash and let you know when he did certain things on the court right especially as a senior and then the, that middle team that third team had iggy brezdikas who kind of walked around like a big cat and kind of, you, you mm-hmm. remember how he played, yep. right? Even though yep. Michigan State got him three times, if I'm not mistaken, that year in yep. the final in the, the Big Ten tournament. But that was Winston, who also had that swag. And then, uh, and then right now, they've got Hunter Dickinson, who probably has more swag than either of those two guys. And, then, you know, did you, did you hear what he said today? I did about, about Iowa and about the other fan bases and, and all that Michigan stuff. State, yep. And they didn't yep. want to mention Wisconsin's name. It's like, oh, yeah, that school in red and white. It's, it's fantastic. Know, all, all I know is that they're, they're in their cribs watching us, right? So, and then he backs it up, right? I mean, he's, he is a heck of a college basketball player. He is. And, and, and the worst part for Michigan State is he's, so little of a pro prospect that he might be around forever. <laughs> that's the, the no, other. no, I was thinking about that. If he comes back next year, that's, I mean, that's going to be problematic. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he is, yeah, and, and you're right. There is something, he, he gives them a guy, and that's what Michigan State lacked this year. Like, he is, a, he, is a, he is a guy that when you walk on the court, you're like, well, we got that guy, and you just feel better about yourself. I don't think Michigan State had that this year. I don't think they walked into certain matchups going, you know what? Well, we got this guy, so I don't know who you got, but we got that guy. And and um, and granted, Michigan had a lot of struggles this year, and they had some issues at point guard for a lot of the season. And and you know, absolutely, they the the schedule, the way they had some games delayed, it helped them later, and you know, helped them make the tournament and all that stuff. But that was a talent wise, pound for pound. There was a reason that they were preseason ranked where they were because nobody knew about the point guard struggles but you just looked at the roster and you, and, and, and you also said well they got hunter dickinson they've got a guy and I, I yeah i like i think that just that gives you a chance in so many games and michigan state's got to make sure 
You know, not only do you got to have a point guard, not only do you have to have rim protection, but you got to in future years you got to you got to have a guy. It, it, having seven guys who have been your leading scorers who have also combined for 29 games of two points or less isn't the formula to it's not to making a run. It's not. They've got a guy and they've got a guy with with belief and then they've got um a senior guard. I mean, Eli Brooks isn't a Absolutely. point guard, point guard, but but he, but but the Incredibly those kind important. of guys matter. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure State had that this year, right? At least no. not on the perimeter. No, they did not. You know, I mean, Gabe Brown was was the closest, but he he can't control the game with the ball in his hands. Right. And Eli and Eli Brooks has stretches where he does that. I mean, he kind of took over in the second half against Ian Dickinson against Tennessee, and that matters. He's a fifth year senior. No, it's it's. It's something Michigan State needs, you know. And, and if Hogard and Christie become that for you, then you're good. You're good to go. And and uh, but they need to. And I think Christie and Hogard are both two guys who have a little swag to them. They just weren't. They do. They just. You also have to be in the role and the place in your team where. And I think that's part of the problem Malik Hall had in leading this year is when you're coming off the bench and you're, you know, playing 18 minutes a game. It is tough to. Uh, and you're struggling some nights. It's tough to 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 be that guy to be looked at like that. Uh, uh, Same by. with Gabe Brown, right? He had the shooting slump in the middle yes. of the season, and it, it kills and, your uh, kills your swagger. <laughs> it does, and yeah. as infectious and as uh, fun as he is for those guys, just a, you know, really fun loving soul. But at some point, yeah, you got to go out there with like I, I own this court, and they have not had that. Even Aaron Henry didn't find that really, you know, last year. Right, maybe maybe a little bit late he did, but uh, and that helped propel him to the tournament. But um, but yeah, no, they haven't had it since Winston, and I would argue Tillman had some of that too. Tillman, Tillman had a lot, had a lot of it, had a lot of it. He yeah, did. no, no question. Well, Sean, I I wish I was down there with you again. I think uh, I hope you have a lot of fun. I hope you uh, run up a lot of uh, big restaurant bills and f- take these guys to <laughs> the food places that they truly well, enjoy. And yeah. uh, uh, we'll be reading, you, man. I appreciate you. All right, it's always a pleasure, Graham. All right, take care, man. That is Sean Windsor from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, you can find his stuff at freep.com. Just real thoughtful basketball mind, somebody I always enjoy talking with. Like the conversation we just had, Sean and I will have that same conversation over dinner, and we would have it if our wives were with us, which is it's amazing the two of us are, um, are actually uh, married in that sense. If you're looking for a place to watch the Michigan game this Thursday um, or just watch any of the games or just go to lunch sometime, I'm telling you, Front 43 and Cask and Company, unbelievable menu, great beer selection, great TV setup. I love the bar TV setup at Front 43 as much as anything out there. And Cask and Company, if it's a date night, if it's a place, it's a you know, it, it it's a place you can see the games, great setup, but also a little more of a that 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 date date feel too. And if you go for lunch, when you pay your tab and you're on the 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 waiter's tablet and you put your phone number in, you're automatically registered between 11 and 3 any day for lunch. For a, a free trip to Vegas, that's two nights, three days, a thousand dollars in Vegas comps um, to Vegas. You can next time the the Rube goes, maybe you can join him out there in Vegas. Uh, that's Front Forty Three and Casking Company, just on the edge of East Lansing and Lansing on uh, on East Saginaw in Lansing. All right, we are going to take a really quick break. Uh, we come back. We'll have Harry Gagnon on. We'll pick the games and uh, for this weekend, the spreads we like, the lines we like. There's some really good futures bets. I'm real high on Couch and the Rube. Presented by SkyMint Premium Cannabis and Front 43 and Cask and Company. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? 
Take your game day or date night to Cask and Company Kitchen, Bar, or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Cask and Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Firekeepers Online Casino and Sportsbook is the site to play. Get your Vegas on right now from your phone, tablet, or laptop. All the hottest slots and tables, plus sports betting featuring in-game wagering. Download the app at firekeeperscasino.com. Go with the name you know, Firekeepers. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and located in Michigan. Gambling problem? Call the Michigan Problem Gambling Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. Wherever you are on your cannabis journey, let Sky Mint Premium Cannabis be your guide, your friend, and your place. Whether you're curious about cannabis or a seasoned connoisseur, Sky Mint's knowledgeable staff will help you with a vast selection of products to choose from to fit your needs. Sky Mint believes access to the best cannabis helps people do good and feel good, so they grow it right here in Michigan, giving you high-quality, locally-grown cannabis at highly accessible prices. Visit SkyMint.com for special offers and location information throughout Michigan and use the promo code Code Couch and Rube 20 for 20% off your first visit. Sky Mint Cannabis, you'll love this place. Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. Trust matters, especially when it's your money. Mark and Jay at North Coast Wealth Management work hard to build a relationship of trust by providing thoughtful, objective guidance and placing your interests first. Invest with knowledgeable financial advisors who are on your side. Call today and tell them you're a friend of the show for a no-cost, no-obligation consultation. 248-626-2000 and ask for Mark or Jay. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. If you're looking for a relaxed vibe, great food, and an outstanding beer selection, Midtown Brewing Company in downtown Lansing is your place. Enjoy their famed chicken and waffle fries, fish and chips, or any of their delicious burgers or salads. Midtown Brewing Company also offers 40-plus beers on tap, including ciders and seasonal offerings and daily happy hour specials. The spacious and cozy vibe makes Midtown Brewing Company a perfect place for a beer with a friend, a work lunch, or to watch the games on its big screen TVs. If you'd rather eat at home, Midtown Brewing Company offers a terrific carryout menu and free delivery on orders of $20 or more. Visit MidtownBrewingCompany.net or stop by 402 South Washington in downtown Lansing for the Midtown Brewing Company experience. When it's your moment, that once-in-a-lifetime moment, you don't just want jewelry. You can get that anywhere. You want a memory that will go down in history. Your history. Your moment. We're Metawar, crafted with exquisite style, quality, and love. So your present will be stunning every time you look at it, every time someone notices it, and they will notice. We've devoted our lives to this art, and we're proud to share it with you. The gift you want to give is here. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Ogemus, Jackson, Portage, and Brighton. 
A surprising retirement from the tennis world less than two months after winning the Australian Open for her third Grand Slam title. 25-year-old Ash Barty of Australia telling Sky News it's time for her to chase other dreams. I'm so happy and I'm so ready and I just know at the moment in my heart for... Me as a person, this is right. Barty adding she no longer feels compelled to do what she knows is required to be the best she can be at tennis. Offensive tackle Teron Armstead agrees to a five-year contract with the Dolphins. The former Saints left tackle has three times been chosen for the Pro Bowl. A 45-point night for Trey Young to lead the Hawks to a road win over the next 117-111. The Bucks outlasted the Bulls 126-98, and it was the Nuggets over the Clippers 127-115. College hoops in the NIT quarterfinals, St. Bonaventure down Virginia 52-51, Xavier top Vanderbilt 75-73. That's sports. Frank Arity, NBC News Radio. Couch in the Roo presented by SkyMint Premium Cannabis, where right now if you go to SkyMint.com and refer a friend to get $25 off your next visit to SkyMint, go to SkyMint.com for location information, including three in the Lansing area and our Wednesday night show brought to you by our friends at Cask and Company Kitchen and Bar and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub. It is time now to bring on our friend Harry Gagnon from the Against All Odds podcast with Cousin Sal, bestbetcorner.com and extrapoints.com to pick the games in our segment presented by our friends at Firekeepers Eye Casino and Sportsbook. Harry, how you doing, man? Graham, what's up, bud? How are you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, appreciate you taking some time and... Uh, I'm actually more fired up for this week than last week. Like last week, I I, I lost tons of money. Like I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, and it it, it just it, it I you know I had everything wrong that you could ever have wrong. And this week, I feel like I have a handle on things, and I love some futures. And I'm wondering, do you like this week more than last week? Well, yeah. Like like I told you, like told you and Jason. Uh, Jason feels better, by the way. Um, uh, like I told you uh, last week, Grant, you gotta just like uh, you gotta. Slowly get your self into the tournament. Uh, I like this. I, I said to you guys, I like the second week better. I like this week 16 better than the first week. I always tell my friends, I said, listen, I'm pumped up for this as much as anybody, but be careful on day one. I always start slow just because of possible chaos, possible craziness. We saw plenty of it. So I didn't get hurt too much. My picks weren't the greatest. I had a couple nice ones in between here and there. But I love Sweet 16 better. I love these games. I love these matchups. I can't wait to uh, to watch these games and give out uh, hopefully uh, some winning selections here. Well, yeah, I, I am. I'm, I'm fired up. So l- l- let's go through the games a little. First of all, are there any games you really like? Well, you know, I gotta say that I do. Listen, I, I, from day one, I was like, a, I, I did get bumped out by two, with two of my final four. I thought LSU was going to make a run that didn't happen. They could not score against this Iowa State defense, but I do like Texas Tech. That's my play. I've had them since day one. I had them at twenty-five to one to win the national championship. Uh, they made the uh, finals in, back in two thousand nineteen, if you remember, obviously. Um, uh, and I like Texas Tech. I said minus one, one and a half against Duke. Uh, that's the, my main play. I think Duke, um, nice tournament so far, but Coach K's run ends here. Um, they, the three best players are freshmen. They, they've done a nice job getting to the Sweet 16, but I love the forward, Kevin O'Banner for uh, Texas Tech. 
He's tremendous on the glass. He's got 26 boards in the tourney. Um, he scored double digits in six straight games. And I think it's going to be the defense. The defense of Texas Tech that shuts down Duke. Um, the Red Raiders held Montana State to 38% shooting. They held the Irish to 32% shooting. And they've held opponents now. Just 62 points or less in five of the last six games. And in those six games, they are giving up just a total of 56 points. I know they got a little bit of a scare against Notre Dame, and that's okay. You need to get one of these when you got to make this run of six wins in a row. I like Texas Tech to take care of Duke. See, I think a lot of Michigan State fans are going to be all over Duke right now because it's like minus one if you go to the Firekeepers Eye Casino uh, Sportsbook app. And, and, and I kind of like Duke, too. You're going to talk me out of this just because I think the Duke we saw the other day against Michigan State, had to play really well to win. And not only did they have to play really well to win, they played a great last five minutes when I, I thought if things got tight, they might they might fold a little bit. Yeah, but you know what? In that game, though, still, Michigan State scored a lot of points. But they scored 76 points. That's, that's a little more than they usually get. Yeah. And if you look at the last five, six games, basically the game before uh, Duke uh, lost at home to North Carolina in Coach K's last home game, Duke's defense has not been playing that great. They're averaging giving up about 82 points in the last six, seven games. Uh, and this is a situation where I just think uh, offensively they're not going to be able to be able to create opportunities when they need them, especially in the second half. Texas Tech is phenomenal on the boards, uh, and I think they just get it done and they shut down Duke and they win this game and they march on to the great eight. So talk me out of this i am in love with providence plus seven and a half versus kansas I, and i've been in love with providence and i think can i think providence uh their backcourt is as good as kansas's I, I i just i think this is a, a potential money line play here i am i am all over providence plus seven and a half i think this line is too good to be true so now i'm nervous T- tell me tell me where you are on this game no graham i think you're dead on i like this uh seven 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 and a half as well uh i love um the Friars head coach, Ed Cooley, I think he's an excellent coach. Uh, let's not forget. Now, listen, I know uh, in the um, Big East tournament, Providence was one and done. They laid an egg uh, against Creighton. No, don't get me wrong here, but let's let's also not forget that it was Providence who won the Big East regular season title, not Villanova. So Providence is very capable of getting this done. Um, they were amazing against Richmond, shutting the Spiders down, held them to one of 22 shooting from three-point range. Uh, Obaji, who's uh, the best player for Kansas, hasn't been playing that well in this tournament. 15 points, 11 points, 10 of just 28 shooting total. And Bill South, a lot of pressure for all the uh, accolades and accomplishments Bill, Bill South has got uh, at Kansas and throughout his career. He's only got one Final Four appearance since 2013. I think there's a lot of pressure here on Kansas, and I'm going to take the points here with Providence. I'm I'm, I'm totally with you. The, the other two games that I really like, uh, I really like. Um, well, that I'm curious about, or really like, I really like Arizona uh, minus one and a half against Houston. I, as good as Houston is, and, I, and Houston is a team that the the teeth that team has just scared me a little bit when I watched them play Illinois and the way they get into you. I think Arizona's just better than them. I think Arizona's a really good team. Um, I, I'm going to take Arizona on that. How do you feel about that one? Out of all these games, Graham, I think this is going to be the best game to watch. Okay. I am pumped up for this game. And uh, Look, when we went over these, uh, these Thursday games on Against All Odds on Tuesday, the guys made fun of me a bit when I was giving my pick because 
This is a Graham special, by the way, Graham. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to let you know this is back, dating back to when we go over NFL games. Yeah, and you've got a two-team teaser, and sometimes you like going both sides of the te- of the game. Yeah, I actually went both sides on a teaser here. Nice. I took Arizona plus three and a half. I took Houston up to six and a half. Look, uh, Arizona. Look, Arizona's still one of my two teams left in the in the final four, and um, aside from Matherin. Uh, and uh, Coloco, um, I didn't like what they did against TCU on the boards. Ninth-seeded Horn Frog still out-rebounded Arizona, but still I think Arizona, that was maybe a wake-up call for them, but you can't sell Calvin Sampson's team short. They were a Final Four representative last year, and this team is solid. I mean, they've won five straight games by double digits, um, and – 15 of their last 16 wins have been double digits. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I think it gets into the 70s, maybe even the 80s. But I actually, I'm gonna, I'm, I like Arizona to win the game. But I, just in case Houston pulls off some more magic, I'm going to take Arizona plus three and a half, and I'm going to take Houston plus six and a half, and try to middle this one. Uh, oh, it's nothing like trying to middle a game. It's so tense. It's so tense. I, I, I've been there, and the worst thing is to like. Uh, the worst thing is when I chase the under on the live line. That's my, my weakness oh, in life. Yeah. But uh, all right, Michigan plus five at Villanova. Uh, Michigan State fans are fiercely invested in Villanova at this point. They can't stand Michigan continuing. Michigan fans obviously want to win. Uh, I I like the way Michigan's playing a lot right now. Um, I do think the, I do not know what they're going to have at point guard. I I just I like this Villanova team to win the game. The five scares me a little bit, but not too much. I think I'm on Nova here, uh, even though I think it'll be a competitive game. Do you agree? Brad, we're on the same page here. I think Nova wins the game. I don't know about the laying the five. Yeah. Michigan, I know 14 losses, but this is a different. This is, again, another Sweet 16, uh, another year, another Sweet 16 for Michigan. Um, I think, again, Villanova wins this game, but it could be close. I'm not going to lay the five. What I do like in this game, I do like the under at 135. Villanova's defense has been suffocating. Uh, they've allowed 65 points or less in six straight games. This might be a situation where, yeah, we saw Michigan play Tennessee fantastic, get it done in the end, but this might be a game where there's just new territory, Sweet 16, they start slow, and sometimes they've done that uh, this, se- this, this season, started especially slow in the first half. But their defense also is playing pretty good. And the tourney, they've held their opponents to just 6 of 32 shooting from three-point range. I think they'll know the wins, but I'm not going to lay the five, but I am going to go under 135. All right, so there, there are a couple things beyond the games. It's the, the, to make the Final Four and to win it that, that I think have value. I think to make the Final Four... Purdue minus one twenty five, even though it doesn't sound great, because they've got St. Peter's. That to me, that's essentially if you think they're going to win that game, you're saying they're going to be minus one twenty five against the Carolina UCLA winner, and yeah. I actually like that. I like those odds. So I, I, I give me Purdue there. Providence plus six hundred, I, and Michigan plus nine hundred. I, 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 God, I mean, there's some. I don't like anything in Zagaland, but I, I like that stuff a lot. I mean, is there anything in the few, and, and then also in the to win it? I mean, you give me Duke plus fifteen hundred, Michigan plus fifty five hundred. Like, I'm there. There's just value. There seems to be value there. Arizona plus five hundred. There seems to be value in some of the futures yeah. still, and I'm confused by how much value there is. And part of it is because Gonzaga is carrying so much weight at the top, and Kansas probably too much too. But uh, do you find value in any of the futures well, still? 
Well, I think, you know, and us going over all these games all season long, you know, I haven't been a big fan of Purdue. I don't like, uh, I don't think, Paint, I think Painter isn't that great of a coach overall. He hasn't done much overall with the talent that he's had, but, uh, you know, they've done very nicely so far in their first two games, double-digit wins, um, had a nice season. Uh, Ivy's a great player. Um and I'll tell you what, what'd you say they are to make the final four? To make the, uh, make the final four, Purdue is minus 125. Okay, to make final, just, I mean, look, I think that's, I think that's pretty good considering you're getting, uh, a St. Peter's team, like you said, and the spread for the game is like 12 and a half. And this might just be it for St. Peter's. I mean, they've been unbelievable and no one thought they were going to win the second game, let alone the first, and they did it. So let's not count them out just yet here. This is a, maybe a game where I don't, I think, Purdue slams them defensively and doesn't allow 50% shooting like St. Peter's did against Kentucky. So I do like the under at 135 in this game, but I think Purdue, I think that's the way to go maybe to win the Final Four because you look at the UNC-UCLA game, that is going to be a slugfest. Both yeah. teams are going to go at it hardcore. Plus, if UCLA is to pull that out, I know Hawkins uh, has ankle injury too, which uh, we'll see how that goes in terms of the game against UNC um, on Friday. But uh, if he's hurting and he can't make get a go, or and he tries to make a uh, a go and just can't really be productive, it's interesting. I got to lean towards Purdue being the favorite there uh, if it's in that situation. Plus, Juzang for UCLA hasn't been playing that great either. So I think Purdue to make the Final Four is a pretty good play. I also think here's some amazing value to make the Final Four here. I, to me, I think they've got these ads wrong. Like I think there's guaranteed money here. Doing the math, Texas Tech and Duke. Texas Tech is plus four hundred. Duke is plus four twenty-five. So if you just take both of those teams, one of those teams you're, you, you is going to win. Oh, sorry, Texas Tech doesn't play Duke. I apologize. That's why it's. Oh yeah, Texas Tech plays Duke. No, Texas yeah, Tech plays Duke. Take both those teams, and then the winner of that uh, it, it plays out west against. Um, uh, Gonzaga. I mean, that that to me seems. I don't, it just seems like good value for one of those teams being really, really. I don't know. It. I well, like. Yeah. I, look, I think uh, you could look at it this way. Also, um, Arkansas. Uh, you know, this Gonzaga game, like Texas Tech, Texas Tech or Duke. Like you said, I mean, I'm on Texas Duke. Texas Tech, obviously, but Duke's capable, definitely, of winning this yeah. game. Uh, uh, you look, Arkansas pulled out both games, started out strong, didn't play great in the second half, and Gonzaga. Look, we're, we're, we're every single year we look at Gonzaga as a one seed and they roll through their first couple of games. I mean, this hasn't really been the case uh, in this tournament. They're 0-2 against the spread in the tournament, Gonzaga is. They were up only two points at half at, against Georgia State when they were a 23-point favorite. They were down 10 at the break to Memphis. And if it wasn't for a, a ridiculous second half by Timmy of Gonzaga, they would have lost that game to Memphis. So it's not out of the realm to maybe think, okay, I'll, look, I'll take a shot with the Texas Tech or Duke to win, to get to the Final Four against a, an Arkansas team that struggled in their game, their two games uh, against Vermont and got barely got by Vermont, barely got by New Mexico State, didn't score a lot of points against New Mexico State, and Gonzaga, who, like I said, 0-2 against the spread and really took everything they had to in the second half to beat Memphis. No, I, I, I'm with you. And I also think Michigan plus 900 ain't, ain't the worst value in the world um, to make the Final Four. Michigan to win the national title plus 5,500. I just, 
I don't. I mean, you, you got to be willing to lose some money, but it just seems hey. like that's a lot. Of, there's a little bit of value there. I, that's a long Providence plus six thousand. Ah, and, yeah. I mean, if you if you're gonna get right six plus six thousand for Providence, yeah. um, I, I, you know, I think uh, you know, and you said Michigan just win that next game, and all of a sudden you can do yeah. a little uh, finagling. Yeah, you get yeah, hedge a clock real quick. You know, it it, it becomes time to hedge, and, and there's money to be made if you get through one of these. Uh, great stuff. Anything else uh, this weekend or anything else anywhere you like, Harry? I'll say this, too. For, for, for At minus two and a half, I mean, I, like again, I've been wrong on this Iowa State team, but I like this. I, I'm going to go against them again. I like this Miami team. I love Laranega's team. Uh, I know they, you know, they can score. It's going to be difficult against this Iowa State defense. But uh, Isaiah Wong's gone back-to-back 20-plus point games for the Canes. Uh, their defense shut down USC, shut down Auburn, held them to under 70 points. Auburn against Miami was just uh, 30% from the field, 19% from threes. Miami takes care of the ball. Canes had just four turnovers against Auburn. Uh, this is a situation where maybe Miami can make a little bit of a run, too. I mean, this team uh, played very tough in the ACC tournament. They had a couple solid wins non-conference this year. Don't sleep on the Canes. Don't sleep on the Canes. That's, and, look, I don't trust Iowa State either. I've been, I, 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 I'm with you. I think Miami's probably the stronger team. Harry, I hope you enjoy the heck out of it. Look forward to chatting with you again next week, and uh, hopefully we'll do it with the Rube. Let's get some winners, buddy. Thanks. S- sounds good. Harry Gagnon from Against All Odds, BestBetCorner.com, and ExtraPoints.com. That, um, look, I, I'm telling you right now, it is Providence is the team. I've been rolling with them at this point. They, they've covered. They've, uh, they've, been, they've saved me on what's been otherwise a, a bloodbath of, of, of bad picks, largely around the Illini and, and, a, and a few things like that. I'm there. I disagree with them on Texas Tech. I like Duke a little bit. Arizona, Houston, that game scares me a little bit, but um, – I think Purdue in a teaser against St. Peter's is, is smart money as well. And and um, I, I think there's some real value on the to make the final four picks, especially to win it is tough. There's value there. You've got to win it, but that's hard to do. It's hard to win a national championship. It's hard to get to a final four, but you're two games away. And I think Purdue, Providence, Michigan, Duke, uh, and if you like the other side of Duke, Texas Tech, there's value on a number of teams uh, to make the final four. We will plan to do a Friday morning Twitter question show. That's right now, uh, assuming the Rube is in, 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 in decent condition. Um, hoping Jason will be, will be back and we'll be, we'll be fine and good to go. Uh, we appreciate you listening, of course. Uh, we appreciate Front 43 and Cask and Company. That's just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing. Great place to watch the games. And don't forget, if you go there for lunch, uh, you can uh, and, and, you know, fill out when you uh, sign your phone number on the tablet you're registered automatically for a free trip to vegas and also skymint refer a friend right now so if you go to skymint.com you refer a friend 25 dollars off your next purchase we will be uh hopefully back friday morning thanks for listening couch in the roof
his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone.